It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500 square foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everybody. It's time for Three Point Podcast, episode 168. Our great starting lineup includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our studio home, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 in Sportsnet, Michigan, with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone, and Jared Fattel here in studio with me of Bally Sports Detroit and Fat Stack Sports. Thanks for all the listens and follows. We really do appreciate it. You can follow us on social media at 3PointPod. Now let's get caught up a little bit, fellas. Uh, here the big news in the state. Uh, the governor has uh, yep. pretty much removed the mask mandate. Uh, any thoughts here as we move I'll, forward? I'll just be the first one to say it. Um, I'm too much of a pansy to take my mask off. Not necessarily because I'm not scared of COVID. Uh, I'm vaccinated, all that, this and that. It's the fact that... For the past year and basically year and some change, I've been conditioned to wear this thing everywhere. And if you're not wearing it inside somewhere, then you're a, you're a, like an idiot. You are looked at weird. You look at like you're just the biggest jerk in the world. So I actually went into I was going for a bike ride with my brother. He then sprung it on me that he had to get a haircut <laughs> at 10:40 a.m. This was on Saturday, so I went with him, and I didn't have a mask with me. So I went in there, and you know, no one was like treating me like a jerk or anything, but. It's just in my back of my head the whole time. I'm just thinking, man, I feel like an idiot not wearing a mask. And I know it'll maybe take maybe a few weeks, maybe a month for me to shake out of that. But just that's where I'm at right now is even though it's been lifted, 
I'm still wearing mask everywhere. Nothing it, feels different. It, it does feel a little strange. I've I've actually gone places without my mask. Went to church with the wife on Sunday. We both wore our mask in. Uh, the organist made the announcement before mass that uh, we are allowed to take the mask off. So immediately I took it off. You know, <laughs> I said okay, I'm cool with it. But I did run into it today. I took my dad to the doctor. And he forgot his mask, and we walked into the office. I had mine on and with me, and the receptionist had hers on, and, and I said, hey, do you have an extra mask there that my dad can use? I said, no, we both have been vaccinated. And then she just goes, oh, no, then you're all right. So, you know, we talked a little further, and she said, well, some people just won't, uh, they're just, they just lie about it. I said, well, you know, I can show you my, my yeah. card if you'd like, but I think I'm going to probably be sliding a lot more without the mask. I'll probably still carry my mask with me because I have one with a strap, you know, that you can just hang in front of you. If somebody, you know, asked me to put it on, I, I won't have any problem doing it. But, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that we're almost at the end of this, it seems like. It does, yeah, it does seem like we're getting towards, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're moving more in a positive direction. And, you know, it, it is kind of weird, kind of like what you're saying, Jared, or both of you guys are saying. We're almost like I'm pretty used to wearing a mask now. Like even when I do have to yeah. go into the office for work, you know, we have to wear masks. Or obviously, we've all been wearing them everywhere else for the most part. And I'm pretty used to it now. So like I went to the gym this morning, and they're not requiring masks. They, they still have signs up like recommending masks, but there were people around without masks on. And I was like, I don't know, should I take it off? I feel kind of <laughs> weird. You know, it, yeah. it is just kind of like. I know, like, things are probably fine and everything's clean and everyone's cleaning their stuff at the gym. But it's still, like, it's like a strange feeling now going without the mask. And it's going to be to the point now where, like, like you saying, Jared, people used to look at people without masks as, like, the idiots, you know, like last summer. And now it's going to be, like, the other way where I feel like for a while the people who stick with the masks for, you know, the next six months or however long, I feel like people are going to look at them and be like, oh, they're scared, they're still like, you know, or like have different thoughts about them, the people still wearing masks. So yeah. it's just, it's such a weird thing. And this is the one thing, too, that I do think is like masks, you know, when the CDC came out and said, like, you know, it's not required, you know, the whole announcement, all that stuff happened, all of a sudden people started saying, like, burn the masks, get, get rid of the masks, get rid of them, I'm never wearing this thing again. And it's like, well, it's not like they said that masks are, like, ineffective. Masks are still super effective, you know, in, like, stopping the spread of germs. So, you know, you think about, like, on an airplane or maybe in a crowded area or maybe even at a doctor's office or something. It's probably one of those things, like, we probably should have been wearing masks all along as far as, like, stopping the spread of germs. You know, I've just thought about that. Like, masks are still very effective. They've just said, like, now if you're vaccinated, you don't need them for COVID. So I just feel like, you know, if I fly, I'm probably still going to feel like I want to wear a mask. You know, that's an outstanding doctor's office. I'll probably still wear a mask. Well, I was going to say that's an outstanding point, I think. And I, I think the, the whole mindset in this country probably will will go along that way. I, I'm the same way. If I go on a plane, I'll definitely have my mask with me and wear it. Because how often, you know, when you're sitting in that tin can and people always talk about, you know, you're picking up germs, you're picking up colds and this and that. It, it only makes sense that it'll help protect you. And why not? You know, and I think. I think we're going to see probably more mask wearing in this country. They've been doing it for years in Asia, and uh, I, I just think we'll see it. it. It'll be more of a seasonal thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. and like I've, I've thought, too, like talking to some friends and, you know, some coworkers and stuff like that, and I know this past winter, because of COVID, numbers were, who, who knows what the hell was going on with, <laughs> with flu numbers or the common cold or whatever. But I've just thought, like, what's going to be crazy is, you know, people have been vaccinated or not, you know, whatever. But this winter, 
all the people that are like anti-mask, I'm never wearing this thing again, all of a sudden flu numbers are probably going to go way up because people aren't wearing masks. They're like the common cold at schools or other places at the workplace. All of a sudden everyone's going to be getting the cold again and getting the flu again because, you know, I think the mask is probably still super effective for that because, right, like on an airplane, that's why usually when people fly and go places, you end up getting the sniffles or you end up getting a little bit of a scratchy throat or something because you're being exposed to all these germs and stuff. Oh, wear a mask. It, it's just a shame that it became a political thing. Yeah. It, you know, it's just yeah. a shame. I, yeah, I never had a problem with wearing the mask. Like I, people will act like it's you know putting like a, a shot collar on your neck or something. Like it's just so uncomfortable and it's terrible and this or that. It never bothered me at all. The only thing that ever bothered me was like if you walk into a gas station and you're the one person wearing a mask and like you just feel like an idiot. Now it's going to probably swing the other way, Matt, where you said everyone's going to be not wearing a mask anymore. Some guy's going to be the one guy wearing the mask. You look at that guy and say, like, dude, like COVID, that was like so 2020. What are you even doing? <laughs> um, but I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I, I feel like I'm, you know, slowly getting out of it. And I think, you know, majority of people are feeling that way. The one thing that cracks me up the most about it is how everyone's acting like, oh, like we're moving into like this this, this dystopian society where you got to have your vaccination card ready or you're not going to be able to get in place. Like I've never seen that anywhere or posted anywhere. Or I don't even know anyone that carries their vaccination card with them. I do. You do. A copy of it in my wallet. Yes, I do. Just <laughs> well, in case. Yeah. Just in case. Well, Ted, Ted, you probably remember like certain – there are certain vaccinations that you used to have to be required to have to like – go into to go into certain dormitories right like at college or like certain things like that that's not like this whole new thing is it no not that, at all right no you had to have smallpox you had to have uh, uh polio vaccine you know there was a bunch of vaccines back when i was a kid that the, you know you just went along with it your parents got you the vaccine and you moved on you know and you had a you had to show your vaccination uh chart for like when you started kindergarten you know stuff like that yeah, so that, I've just seen some, and I remember reading that before, and people, and my parents even telling me, like, that's why you have a vaccination card of all your records. Yep. So it's not like the whole, like, if you do have to prove you have the COVID vaccine, it's not like it's this new thing or whatever. I did see some people, I don't know, probably at a, they were probably at a Walgreens or, you know, something, or and now people can just, like, in Photoshop, make up those cards. <laughs> right. So people were selling the vaccine cards, like, on eBay and making a ton of money, so people can basically have, like, counterfeit vaccine cards it's just like <laughs> my god like what what kind of world are we living in that you got to do that yeah how desperate it's, it's brilliant yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's brilliant for the guy who decided just like we saw with the uh as soon as COVID started, all the hand sanitizer mm -hmm. uh, was gone. Like some, there is somebody who is just always one step ahead with these sort of things and just selling those fake vaccine cards it's got to respect the hustle i mean maybe not the smartest thing he's ever done but for short, quick-term cash, it's working. That's a hustle for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you, one final thing on this, you know, it is very new that we're allowed to be out and about pretty much everywhere now without the mask. I've had a vaccine. I don't know about you guys, but do you? When I look at people, I always kind of look at them a little side-eyed. Do they really have the vaccine or not? You know what I mean? I. I haven't experienced I haven't experienced that yet. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of people, uh, like the Facebook memes, where it's somebody will say something like, "Oh, like the, the vaccines have been ordered," or the, something along the lines where Governor Whitmer announced that it was like, "Oh, that you if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask." They would say, "Oh, well, guess what? As, as far as they know, I'm vaccinated too, so the mask is coming off." Like, there's no way to keep control of that, I guess, unless it's the honor like code. Said, yeah, it's the honor code. Yeah. And here's the thing: it, I don't think we're ever going to get better. I feel like vaccines are at a point where. 
everyone that wanted to get a vaccine has pretty much gotten them. Yep. Uh, so it's just to the point now we're not getting any better. People who aren't getting the vaccine clearly aren't getting it. So might as well open it up and see what happens. We're not, we're not gonna get any safer. We're getting pretty close to whatever they call it—the herd immunity. You know, I yeah. mean, a lot, so many people have had the vaccine now. Even the ones that don't, it's not gonna make that big a difference. I don't think. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll be, I'll be curious to see, like in the fall, if yep. what what stadiums are all back to you know whatever kind of capacity, what schools are doing and stuff like that. Because it will be it will be nice. Our concerts, even you know, this summer, this faster horse is gonna happen. You know. Like, it will be cool once some of those things start yeah. coming back, going back to whatever normal is going to be. Looking forward to it, for sure. Before we move into uh, some sport talk, I did want to mention this. Last couple of weeks I've been wanting to mention it. Uh, we want to definitely send out condolences to Mark Clough and, and his family there. Uh, Mark passed away, his longtime coach at Corona. Of course, his son, Kyle, does a great job. One of your former teammates, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I knew Kyle since middle school. I mean, when he was at Ovid Elsie, we, we were kind of like rivals or whatever. And then he came over to Corona. We became really good friends. He was one of the best teammates I've ever had. He's one of those guys that you knew was going to be was gonna be a head coach somewhere once, you know, he got past college and stuff like that. But, but yeah, really sad to, to hear about the passing of his dad because he was just an incredible football coach at Corona. I mean, I remember him through the 90s, those legendary Corona teams in the 90s. That I know, Ted, you know all about. Oh, yeah. Hearing all the yeah the players at Corona talking about Coach Clough. And then he was a coach on my football team and just an awesome guy. And then uh, he was my varsity baseball coach, too, for junior and senior year of uh, high school coaching our baseball team. So he was just one of those guys that, you know, he, he, he was tense, but, you know, he got the best out of you, and he was a great coach. And, yeah, just super sad to hear about that passing. So yeah. did I see that they're – are they having a, a golf tournament this yeah. weekend? Yeah, I'm playing it. And what's crazy about – I mean, this just says the most about him than you can – than I could say or that you could say, Ted, is that he had a golf outing. And I've never seen a golf outing sell out 36 teams. It sold out in like two days. Yeah. And with only like a week notice, like the, the golf outing's coming up on Sunday. It's just crazy. I know that they're trying to – uh, have him run there. He's running for Mr. Owasso. They're trying to raise like campaign funds and that sort of thing. So that would just be awesome. But yeah, he was my wrestling coach. Uh, and I will always say that that was maybe the most fun I've ever had in any sports season was my seventh grade wrestling season when he was my coach. So, I mean, what more can you say? Yeah. Just a great guy. And, uh, you're exactly right. He, there, he's running, uh, for Mr. Owasso. How do you, what's the word post, uh, um, yeah. And uh, his dad stepped up to kind of be the ringleader. And I know they had a big fundraiser uh, kickoff for Mr. Owasso at Roma's. And uh, I got a feeling he's going to do very well in that golf tournament. Hopefully you hit the ball straight and shell out some money. Yeah, the only thing that's uh, bad about our team is we have my brother on our team who hasn't played golf in probably 15 years. So, so that'll be interesting. But. Uh... Yeah. It could go either way. He either could be really good or really bad. <laughs> I don't think golf works that way. Well, sometimes it does. Sometimes you don't play for 15 years. You just pick it up and you're good. Well, I don't know well about that, that could be but... that could be tough. <laughs> also, speaking of a loss for our Cavalier family, Mark Miller passed away also here just recently. Former uh, superintendent of schools, he was longtime teacher and coach at Corona as well. So uh, we definitely want to pass on our condolences to both families for sure as we move forward. All right, we'll be back and talk a little Pistons here, first of all, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll see how excited we are for that right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. 
The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools, Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. The coronaconnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at coronaconnection.com. All Corona, all the time. Nelson House Funeral Homes' top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. All right, so the Pistons, um, let me just officially announce, so they finished the season yesterday against the Miami Heat. They lost. They did a beautiful job tanking this year. Troy Weaver uh, just phenomenally done they played a lot of the young guys the young guys got a lot of minutes uh, a lot of experience so we got to see like what we had there we have some young pieces to build off of with Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bay, among other guys but I want to throw out so here's the percentage wise for what we have uh, for the lottery so we are one of three teams that have the best odds at the number one pick uh, which is 14 percent our percentage chance to get the second pick is 13 third 12 percent fourth 12 percent fifth 27 percent and then sixth 20 percent so I, like I said, I don't really know how the heck the math works on that, but regardless, we have the best lottery odds. So here are the top guys that I'm that are basically the consensus top five. It's Cade Cunningham. We all know this guy. Basically, he's going number one. So if we get the number one pick, we're taking him. Six eight. Basically, a lot of people are comparing him to Luka Doncic, type of guy that can go off a of pick and roll, see over the entire defense, does it all. We'll come back to him. But number two is Evan Mobley, the USC center, seven foot, just two hundred fifteen pounds, seven foot four or seven four wingspan, just an absolute stud. I love that guy. Uh, the number three, this is a guy that, Ted, you probably don't know too much about. Uh, he went to the G League. Um, I saw there was Jaylen a couple Green. G League yeah, guys. Yeah, two G League guys. It's uh, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga. They both play for the G League Ignite. Uh, they're the biggest question marks of the, this top five. I've, I wouldn't be surprised if either of these guys are the best guy in the draft or if they're just the worst you know, first-round pick, maybe a big-time Do you have off the top of your head what kind of numbers they put up in the uh, G yeah, League? Yeah, I do. Uh, so in the G League, Jalen Green was uh, 18 points a game. Um, three assists a game and four rebounds a game. So decent stats, but I mean, you got to think he's just, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's 19 years old playing against a lot better competition than what these guys are playing against in college. And then Jonathan Kuminga, 16 points a game, six defensive rebounds, uh, and three assists. So they put up solid stats, and they're both forwards, six six. Uh, and then the, obviously the last guy is Jalen Suggs. That's I like that guy. That's who you like. That's who I like. I think Jalen Suggs is like maybe the biggest name, but he's he's six four. I'm just not sure. He's a winner, obviously. He plays hard as hell, but he's just 6'4". I'm not sure where he fits in an NBA scheme. Well, both you guys I – mean, I, I think he can play in the NBA, and both you guys have watched probably a lot more Pistons games this year. Are, is there need at guard, or is there need just everywhere? I mean, what do you think they need as far as position player with that top pick? Personally, I mean, if they get the number one pick, you have to take Cunningham. Yeah. Cunningham, I mean, I guess it depends on who, who gets the first pick. Maybe they won't need Cunningham. But I think, because Killian Hayes looks like he had some injury problems this year, but he looks like he's going to be a strong player, whether he turns yeah. into like an all-star 
I guess we'll see. But he looks like a strong player at the guard position. So I think, like, Cunningham is the guy you want to take. And then I would want, I mean, the, the dudes that played in the G League, they're going to be the first ones to see, like, if this process really kind of worked because they're kind of one of the first ones to, like, that were huge high school prospects. And instead of going to college, you know, they went to the G League and now they're going to the NBA. So we'll kind of see, like, okay, did this work? Or was yeah. that year in the G League kind of wasted? Did they ruin, mm-hmm. you know, whatever kind of development they could have had in college? So, um, I mean, Cunningham's the guy you want. I, you know, I don't want, I, the, you know, the center out of USC. The NBA just isn't that anymore. I mean, I know he, he is a stud and he, he played really well this year, but I don't know. I'm Like a seven-footer doesn't really do it for me anymore in the NBA. I want I want a six-eight guard. I want someone like that that can run and dunk, you know, stuff like that. So, that's kind of where I'm at. But the Pistons always get screwed over in the lottery. They do. You know they're not, they're not going to get the number one pick. They never do. Yeah. I, I can see. I wouldn't hate. Like, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and bang on the table and say I don't want Jalen Suggs. I would love to have you. Just get us in the top three. Any of those top three guys, I'm fine. Even if they if they decide that, like, a Jalen Green or a Jonathan Kaminga is better than one of the kind of consensus top three, I'm fine if they take any of these guys. Suggs is a big name recognition where we kind of almost need that with the Pistons. You know, Ted, you didn't, did you even watch a game at all this year, to be honest? Oh, yeah, in the tournament. I saw him play in the tournament. No, no, I mean, uh, like a Pistons game. Oh, a pit, no, I I did not. I'll be completely yeah, honest. I, I did not I watch think, an entire Pistons game. I, Tuned in once in a while yeah. for little periods. We need somebody like a Suggs to yeah. just bring some notoriety and just like something that people are going to turn on the TV and want to watch. So I wouldn't hate drafting Suggs. But like you said, it's just we always get screwed over in the lottery. I don't know how it's possible. Um, we did a perfect job tanking, and the fact that we did such a nice job tanking, we have a 14% chance at that top pick is just – it's kind of mind-boggling. But in terms of, like, the G League, like you said, Matt's first time that the G League row has happened, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm just watching highlights of these guys. They're going against Cassius Winston, who's just like a mid-level G League guy who was the best player in college basketball when he played college basketball, and they put up nice numbers in the G League. I just don't see how that doesn't benefit them. And I really do think that they're going to come in and kind of hit the ground running in the NBA. And I do think – I'm not sure which one of these two guys, either Kaminga or Green, but I really do think one of those two is going to be just a superstar in the league. And I and like I said, it's kind of a cop-out to say one of the two, but I really do think that they're they're the real deal and people just don't know about it yet. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out quick because, yeah, they're going to go top five. And whatever teams draft them are, are going to want them to be like the guy, you know, yeah. when they come in. So, yeah, it, it should be a cool draft. And the Pistons did. They extended Dwayne Casey, you know, their head coach. And some people like that, it wasn't like controversial, but, you know, some people were like going back and forth. Like, does he deserve an extension? I definitely think he does because he is a former coach of the year. When he was at with the Raptors, he did win NBA coach of the year, so he's a quality coach. And th- this team has been so terrible. Like like you said, they, they seem to be, of all the Detroit teams, you know, seem to be like on a path of a rebuild, whereas the Tigers, who knows what they're doing, and the Red Wings and the Lions, you know, are kind of – seem like they're a little stuck in the mud too but the Pistons seem like they've got a young core they have a quality head coach they hopefully will have a top draft pick like it seems like they're moving in the right direction so I'm fine with them bringing their head coach back it'd be a bad time to bring in a new head coach oh no doubt uh and and you use the term tanking Jared I mean that's that's a term everybody is aware of I don't think the Pistons legitimately tanked until maybe the last few games. But I think they, even though they lost a lot of games this year, they played hard, right? They were young and they played hard. And they, like you said, they gave these kids a lot of experience. Listen, I, I'm not going to be the 
tanking is the right thing to do. I don't care, especially if we're the Detroit Pistons. I mean, what are we, we need a Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to be a free agency destination, so we need to basically build this through the draft, like the 76ers did. You know, trust the process. Yep. So I have zero problem with them taking. I actually wouldn't have a problem at all if they decided to just completely tank next year too. We need to acquire a bunch of assets, and we need to hope that we hit, get the next LeBron or the next Steph Curry in it or else i don't think the pistons are ever going to contend for a title that's i hate to say it that's just what happens when you're in detroit that's fair fair statement um another quick question fellas uh, you know we talked about the g league i just happened to see a, a, a little segment on sports center out, outside the lines about this new uh league that they're recruiting high school kids uh it's funded by some nba players and it looks like it's going to be the real deal they're giving these kids instead of going to college a hundred thousand dollars minimum and with a chance to make more money, and if it doesn't pan out as far as a pro basketball career, they're going to pay for their college education. Are either one of you aware of that uh, new league? Yeah, I've, I've heard some people talk about that. The biggest thing with me, I, I, whether it's a, a spring football league that pops up, or some of because some other leagues like this have tried mm-hmm. and either just didn't get off the ground and like didn't even get going, is the funding part and the exposure because a lot of these players. You know they they want exposure. They know they know what it's all about now. It's about building their brand. Too. Absolutely. And if they want to end up going to college, they can do that later. So I, I think it's cool. You know they're wanting to pay these players and then pay for their education. That's definitely cool. But like, will it continue to be funded? And then like, will the players actually get the exposure they want? Because I've heard some of the players even saying that have gone to the G League while they got paid to do that. They feel like, you know, they didn't, like, build their brand as much as, like, yeah. if they would have went to Duke or North Carolina or something like that. So, And that's the that's, most that's important thing. I always think. Like, well, maybe it gets going for one season, but you need someone like a Zion or something like that or a LaMelo Money Ball Bates. to go to your league to really make it take off. So, cool idea, though. It's a cool. It's a good idea. Uh, to be honest, the idea makes no sense to me at all. They are, the G League is already pretty much doing this. The NCAA is now allowing players to get paid off their likeliness. I just I don't really understand what there's no need for it right now. I mean I under, I get that the NCAA you know players are getting exploited and this or that, but you're asking me to come join this basically tick t- like just not I don't know what the word I'm looking but just like this joke of a league pretty much. Why would a five star recruit say I'm gonna go join this league for one hundred thousand dollars when they have the potential if they reach their potential they have millions of dollars waiting for them in the nba it's it's a drop in the water yeah and, and they're just sacrificing one year yeah, of and, college really yeah you know it, to do it and build their brand which we all know the college basketball game is top of the line i mean as far as you want to build a brand <laughs> that's where you want to be yeah i mean it's, well i mean yeah i think i mean think about Jalen sucks i mean he's like a perfect example yeah. he's a huge recruit coming out of high school but like say he went to the g league I mean, would we really – he'd probably still be a top-ten draft pick, but, like, we wouldn't know Jalen Suggs because of, you know, what we saw him do in the tournament. So, you know, there, there is still – you can go back and forth on whether the NCAA is if, – if their, like, whole formula is wrong or right or, you know, whatever, but it is still the best way probably yeah. to go and build your brand and get exposure, you know, before going to the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. The one thing, last thing I'll say about just the whole G League thing is, you got to respect these these kids for just giving it a. I mean, that must have taken some balls. I mean, they basically did something that no one else was doing that did this year and has done before, and they just said, you know, what, I'm going to take a swing at it, and I'm going to go play with the best of the best in this league, and it could go absolutely terribly, or it could work. And I mean, two of them are the looks at least of top it so 10. far. It looks like it's going to work. I mean, two in the top five. Top five. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, one final question back to the Pistons for just a moment, Jared. You're our insider. I don't know if you have any info at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, George Blaha is getting up there, and Johnny Kane, young gun there at uh, Bally Sports Detroit. I know he's done some play-by-play for the Pistons on television, filling in for Blaha. Has there been any discussion about him uh, hanging it up? I know uh, Marv Albert is calling his last game yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, have you heard I, anything? No, I haven't heard about it. And to be honest, I George Blaha, as long as he wants to do it, he can keep doing it. I 100% think he does agree with that. Yep. So it's just, no, I haven't heard any rumblings about that at all, but – uh, he did just win the the. It's called the beat the number, where basically you predict uh, who's going to have the best game that night. Oh. And he he won the trophy. <laughs> I think he wins like pretty much every year. So, uh, yeah. But Johnny Kane does a great job too. I lo- I love him as like you know sideline reporter, and yep. you know if eventually he does want to do play by play, I could see it. So, all right, no inside yeah, Blaha, stuff. Blaha is definitely a legend. The the few games, I mean, I can't stand him when he calls a Michigan State game just because it's Michigan State, mm-hmm. but. The few games that I've watched recently, the last couple of years of him calling Pistons games, and I get it because the Pistons have stunk, but <laughs> he, he's lost his pizzazz a little bit. Like, I know you, you can't get that excited about calling a, a Killian Hayes player, you know, like some of these guys that have been on the Pistons. But, like, you know, you think back to obviously the bad boys, and oh. then even like with Grant Hill on the Pistons, and then obviously like Chauncey Billups and those guys. And Blaha was, he was like the best in the business, he was one of the best to do it. And I just feel like that the few times I've heard him recently, he's maybe lost his touch a little bit. That might just be my opinion. No, but hey, everybody has their opinion. I'm with Jared a little bit on it. I think he stamps his own ticket when he wants to get out, yeah. you know, just like we talked about D'Antonio and other legends out there. You might be right, Matt, and I do agree with you on Michigan State football. Touchdown, MSU! Hey, yeah. I, state fans love him. I mean, he's doing his job. I mean, he's a hometown yeah. broadcaster. I can't necessarily fault him for being, you know, annoying when Michigan State's holding Michigan to negative 27 rushing yards. No, like, I get that's that. Not, that's not his fault. But I will say one thing that was cool that I just saw actually Sunday because I was working on the Heat game. Uh, he started crying when he was talking about Ben Wallace getting inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I mean, that's the one thing that I, I'll throw that out there. I mean, the guy bleeds Michigan. He bleeds Detroit. So I just I'm always going to support George Blaha doing games. But what do you guys think of Ben Wallace uh, getting inducted? I'll say this: I saw this tweet where it said uh, for for from for about five year period in Michigan, I think Ben Wallace was the number one Halloween costume, and that basically yeah, was true. Everyone dressed up on it as him. He was awesome. Fear the fro. Uh, just I mean, no, I, I I think he's maybe the most well known piston of all time, which is kind of crazy. I mean, other than maybe Isaiah Thomas. But just, and I'm not saying he's the best Piston of all time, but just if you ask my mom to name a Pistons player, she's going to name Ben Wallace. You know, she's not going to name Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, so I just think he's, all, I think he deserved it, and I'm glad he got in. You know, I, I know he went to the Bulls, and then, you know, like he came back to the Pistons or whatever. But that, like, 10 year run when he was with the Pistons, he was, I mean, everyone knew who Ben Wallace was. Yeah, you knew Richard Hamilton, you knew Chauncey Billups and Rashid and everyone else. Tayshawn. Ben Wallace, I mean, he was he was like he was definitely like the heartbeat of the team. He was all those like cliches that you know, and you know it's just crazy because he wasn't it, he he one hundred percent deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He was incredible. Made a bunch of All Star games when he was with the Pistons. Won Defensive Player of the Year. I mean he carried you know he he carried those teams, and but he wasn't like that great of a basketball player. You know like I don't know like when I think about not like, a shooter a great basketball yeah like when I think about like you know. Like, Rasheed Wallace was far and away a better basketball player than Ben Wallace, and Rasheed Wallace isn't even going to sniff the Hall of Fame. So, like, some of those things I just think is, like, kind of crazy. Ben Wallace 100% deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not trying to hate on him. 
it's just crazy when you see like stuff like that. Like I got into some kind of like back and forth on, on, on Twitter with some people about that. And like, I just, sometimes I just think like, it's funny to see some people get in. Like the thing about like Lou Whitaker isn't in the hall of the baseball hall of fame. It's like how the hell isn't this guy in the hall of fame? And like some of the other guys have made it, you yeah. know, there's just some of those things. Ben Wallace deserves to be in. I'll get off my soapbox. Though. No, stay on your soapbox. That's what this uh, th- podcast all about. Here's the one thing I will say is like everyone will say like, oh yeah, he was terrible at, at you know offense, but it's almost like we just forget that half of the game is played on the defensive end. And if he's the best, he was the best for four years, one defensive player four years in a row. Uh, I mean, we swept the Lakers where he was the one guarding the best player in the league at the time, and Shaquille O'Neal. Like I just don't know how. It, I just wish we changed our thinking to yes, he was horrible at offense. But how many guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame that are you know James Harden, where they're elite on the offensive end, but they're just just absolutely horrendous on defense? It's just no, it's an absolutely fair statement. And it, I mean, when you when you think about the great defensive players of all time and Hall of Famers, you think Bill Russell, Dennis Rodman, and now Ben Wallace. I mean, yeah. they're they're all in the same talking points. I think. And and he does des- yeah. he does deserve it. Now I wanted to go back to your comment you just threw out there a minute ago, Matt. About uh, you had some back and forth on Twitter. I was kind of enjoying some of that uh, discussion you had. Uh, the, the The main topic, the main guy that was kicked around was Robert Horry, right? Yeah. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't I don't care if he made All Star teams or not. But I didn't. You know, he's a he was a very good player. But you threw out the name Rasheed Wallace. I I think. He could be a Hall of Famer. He was a heck of a player. Yeah, it, I mean, I think Rasheed definitely deserves to be. I mean, he's got the All Star games, and he was, you know, that the Pistons team was just so hard. I know, like Richard Hamilton, like was basically like the main scorer, but all, all those, those four guys, really those five guys, including Tayshawn Prince, clutch, were all kind of like the leaders of the team. So you can't really say like Rasheed was the guy, but he was kind of like the guy sometimes with those Pistons teams. Made All Star games, won a championship, and you know, all that stuff. So I think he deserves it. The Robert Ory thing, I, I'm not like a, a Robert Ory stan. I'm not like hanging his jerseys in my bedroom or something like that. I just think like the way it's defined, like Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. It's about being famous, you know, like Hall of Fame. Robert Ory, everyone knows him if you're a basketball yep. fan. Seven NBA championships. That's his, that's his resume right there. Yeah. Hit so many big threes. I mean, he wasn't just like a role player. Like he hit. I mean, he killed the Pistons when he was with the Spurs. Yep. Why the Pistons didn't go back-to-back. He hit a bunch of threes for the Lakers, for the Rockets. I mean, he wasn't just, like, some dude that, like, was just, like, the eighth man on the bench or something. So I get, like, all the stats and the guy I was going back and forth. He's been on the pod, Adam Stanko. Yep. He's been on the pod a number of times. He knows his stuff with basketball. So I know Ori doesn't have the stats. I'm just thinking, like, when you think of basketball and through the 90s and, like, early 2000s, Robert Ory is definitely a name that you think about. And when Rudy Tomjanovich is up there saying that Robert Ory should be in, and a bunch of former players have said Robert Ory should be in, and other coaches have said Robert Ory should be in, that's enough for me. I mean, what the hell do I know? It's just my stupid opinion. If former players and coaches are saying Ory deserves to be in, I'm sold. That's enough for me. He should be, and here's the thing: is like people always say, "Oh, it should be harder to get in the Hall of Fame." Why not? Like, just have more guys in it. I don't care. <laughs> just put them in it. If, you, if you're, I on don't the care fence, either. Frankly, you, like if you're on the fence whether you should be in it, just put them in. Like, yeah. what does it bother me that this guy's in? Robert Ory, seven, seven even NBA championships. That is not deserved. The fact that this guy has seven NBA titles with different teams, it's like just such a, like a crazy statistic. Like, put him in. It's he hard, deserves it. Hard to argue that and, stat and not, alone. And, you can't, and it's not like he's some bench warmer. He was 
an integral part of almost all those teams, and he hit huge shots. Put him yeah, in. There you go. That's always that, my my biggest beef. I, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on my beef with all the Hall of Fame. It's kind of like what you're saying. Like, why are people like up on their high horse with the Hall of Fame? I know you're not going to put like scrubs in the Hall of Fame, but like again, like a Lou Whitaker. How is this dude not in the Hall of Fame? That's just it's a sin. That's such blasphemy that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But like you know, like Chris Webber. Chris Webber finally yeah. got into the Hall of Fame after like eight or nine years of being on the ballot. One of my things is always like, if he's just now getting into the Hall of Fame after eight or nine years, why? what changed? It's not like he was still playing over the last eight or nine years. Why didn't you just vote him in that first year? That's the stuff that I'm always like, if he was a Hall of Famer now, he was a Hall of Famer eight years ago too. Same with Lou Whitaker. If he finally gets in like on his last chance, then it's kind of like, why did you all of a sudden vote him in? I don't like the whole voting process just doesn't make sense to me. It's but. stupid. I mean, it's so subjective in in pretty much every Hall of Fame vote. You know, in in baseball now it's because it's the sports writers, right? So they they're holding a grudge against the steroid era. Okay, we get it. But uh, you know, even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, how is Grand Funk Railroad not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm I'm just right. amazed. <laughs> Holy like how I threw that in there, Jared. I just uh, something that just cracks me up. No, I noticed that you have uh, Johnny Kane written down in your notes. What? Just you love this guy? Like he's just kind of your number one? No, well, fan? I just wrote it down to, re- to. I wanted to make sure I got his name right because I enjoy. I enjoy him. He's a young buck coming up through the system. Uh, I'm not trying to force Blaha out, but I'm going to tell you right now, Johnny Kane's going to get that job when it becomes available, <laughs> right. and I like him. All right. All right. I was just wondering. He I, wants I, that I job. you tweeted about him a couple times. And I like got the guy. Noted down. Hey, just... hey, he responded to one of my tweets, by the way. <laughs> well, there, now, now, we get to the, now we get to the root of it. He responded <laughs> to one of your tweets. Well, that's what it's all about in the Twitter world, my yep. friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, let's get to the real meat and potatoes, boys, and that's the uh, NBA playoffs. I don't know if you watched the Warriors yesterday against the Grizz. Great game. Steph Curry, even LeBron says he's MVP this year, but... I don't know about you guys. I hope that they've gone to this play-in format permanently and not just because of COVID. I like it. I like the whole concept of it. It keeps intrigue. I mean, it's kept two or three or four other teams involved, you know, up until the end of the season, whereas before they would have been out of the playoff picture. So, you know, just like when, when they went to it in baseball, um, a lot of people didn't like it when MLB went to it. And then it's made a lot of drama, like, like late-season drama. And that's what's happened in the NBA and then tomorrow night, or Wednesday night, actually, the Lakers and Warriors play in a play-in game. Like, that is, that is a dream. I tweeted it out. That's a dream scenario for a play-in game. LeBron and the Lakers versus Steph and the Warriors. Oh. Like, that, that's exa- Adam, yeah. Silver, Adam Silver right now is sitting back in his office like, thank you. Like, this is exactly why I did this. Yeah, it's awesome. I like it. Um, let me just, I'll lay off the, because it is kind of like a confusing little format if you, if you haven't really looked at it. So let me just explain to the listeners who maybe aren't, aren't caught up on it. So basically, the I'll start with the West. So the Lakers are the 7th seed, the Golden State Warriors are the 8th seed, Memphis Grizzlies 9, San Antonio Spurs are the 10. So the 7 and 8 play, the winner of that is the 7th seed. They're in. Uh, the loser of that plays the winner of the 9 versus 10 game, and the winner of that game is in. So... I like the idea. I, I mean, he couldn't have worked out better, like you said, Matt, the LeBron versus Steph Curry. The one thing that I would say is making maybe I'm a little bit worried about is do I want the, do I want the Grizzlies or the Spurs in over the Lakers or the, the Warriors? No, I really don't. So the thing that worries me is, and I think if you're the NBA, I think they're a little bit worried about it as well, is what if the Lakers don't make it? What if the, what if the Golden State Warriors don't make it? I think this works out perfect 
if both those teams still get in. Because we at the end of the day, we really still want to see Steph Curry the way he's playing in a full series, and we 100% want to see the Lakers in a series. So it just would be a shame if those two teams aren't both in, in my opinion. I think oh, most yeah. most fans you're would an agree. NBA fan, you you want the Warriors and the Lakers yeah. in the playoffs, but if whatever team loses two games in the play-in tournament, then that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So. Are we in all in agreement then? We do like uh, the play-in format and uh, moving forward, keep it keep it there. Yeah, I do. I like it. I mean, yeah. I, I think maybe it could be tweaked. I don't know if it's fair that the seven seed also is in the play-in game, like. Maybe have it where the nine and the ten play, and then the winner of that game plays the the eight seed, and then that is the playing game. I could see that. I like the idea of a playing game. It is kind of a little bit bush league. The fact that I mean, we think about twenty teams are essentially in the playoffs, and, and people are kind of painting it out like a winner take all, like Lakers versus Golden State Warriors. They have two chances. Mm-hmm. Like they have to really blow it for both of them not to make it into the into the playoffs. So. I love the idea. It definitely made the end of the season a little bit more enjoyable. But I don't know about you guys. I'm just so amped for NBA playoffs. It's just I, I know that the obviously the, the regular season product isn't going to be as good, but I just love the NBA playoffs. It's maybe my favorite like playoffs of any sort of sporting event. The NBA the NBA playoffs are fantastic, and obviously I've, I'm an NBA fan. So, but I feel like even if you're just like a casual basketball fan, the the level of play is just incredible. Sometimes sometimes you get a first round matchup where. Like the one versus eight, it's clearly like a lopsided series. But once you get past the first round, the NBA playoffs are up there with like the NHL playoffs when you know when they're at their peak too. The the level of play is just so good. Like every game is great. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped too. Looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun for sure. It'll finish what about to August first? I think I don't know. It's a long. Yeah, I will gr- say, it's a long I, grind. I, I will say this. I always thought I wanted the NBA starting on Christmas Day schedule. I kind of hate it. Now that I think about it, these last like two months, it mm-hmm. feels like this season has been going on forever because normally we got playoffs going on in April. Right. It's just, it just, I don't know. I want it to, I'm glad that it's going to go back to just like the Halloween ish start next year. Final thing I want to get on the table here. We had the Hall of Fame ceremonies this last weekend, Matt. I'm sure uh, a few tears were shed yeah. by you with the Kobe thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was, um, and it really, like, the whole thing was emotional. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to act like I watch it every single year. Right. I usually tune in, I tune in, like, if there's a player that I really want to see, you know, get inducted. And so, obviously, this year, I definitely wanted to watch. And the whole, the whole ceremony this year was really emotional with Garnett and, uh, and Tim Duncan and yeah. even some of the coaches, like Kim Mulkey and some of the other ones were kind of, like, emotional, too. But, yeah, like, Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's wife, going up there and doing that speech and like keeping her poise it was just like i mean you can't even imagine what she's going through having to write that speech for him and you know everything else obviously that she's been through the last couple years or whatever and for her to go up there and do that speech and like keep her poise and keep her cool that whole time um it's just like it was incredible it was super impressive and and uh yeah just i i wish i would have loved to see kobe give that speech Oh. You know, it would have been like just a legendary speech, yeah. but but no, that was it was very cool. Very cool weekend for sure. And last last question on the on basketball. I saw you you posted it on Twitter. I actually watched it live on Saturday night. I mean the the skit on uh, Michael Jordan and that fuzzy haired assistant of his playing yeah. quarters. What'd you guys think? It was cl- it was classic. I mean, I love uh, K and Peel and those whole guys. Yep. So uh, it, it, I you knew that he was going to do a great job. I mean, that's basically all they did on K and Peel was skits. Yep. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, 
I, the one thing that cracks me up about just looking back at the last dance is how many of these like kind of Michael Jordan memes and uh, the, the the moments that were in the last dance that have kind of just kept on living through Twitter that you still see all the time. Right. Um, and a lot of people kind of weirdly, a lot of people kind of shit on the 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 last dance like the documentary like just that it wasn't super great like i don't know i loved it i, and it I feel fantastic. like a lot of people loved watching it maybe that's just me listening to many too many people that are like critics or whatever but i don't know it just was an awesome documentary and it's i'm sad it's like crazy nostalgia whenever i see it on netflix because those were some awesome nights uh during covid and quarantine the, when you got to watch those kind of the beginning of covid wasn't yeah. it we had Tiger King and we had Last Dance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was gonna say Tiger King and then Last Dance. That was like <laughs> you think back to when those were airing. It was like no one knew what the hell was going on in the world except we're watching Tiger King and then the Last Dance. But but no, you're right, Jared. Like there's so many memes and thing and stuff that are gonna live on probably forever from that documentary. One because it's Michael Jordan and like the crying Jordan meme is something that's gonna live on forever too. And you know the the assistant or you know whatever yeah. he was the manager shrugging his shoulders and stuff like that that, that stuff's gonna it's gonna be hilarious forever but the snl skit i mean we've talked about it before i'm not necessarily like an snl fan i'll watch a skit here and there when it's one i want to watch that one was hilarious i was literally i was laughing out loud at that that was hilarious like got getting him to like take his pants off and like betting a night with his wife and stuff like the whole that, that whole skit was hilarious that was great it, it was coming in oh that was awesome keenan not he does a yeah, great barkley oh it was yeah just a great it was great i mean snl they for all the shit snl gets i mean they still do have one of those skits every once in a while that just are classic and that's the problem it's not enough of them you know because yeah. even even the rest of the show wasn't all that good that was that was definitely the highlight in my opinion and it's funny you know they, they put a skit like that out there and that was a fairly long skit if you hadn't seen last dance my wife hadn't she she said to me, "What in the hell is going on?" She had no clue. Yeah, because there's a lot of like the you know I took it personal and right. uh, you know like just kind of like the interviews how they that, I mean basically it was them all jerking off Michael for the entire documentary where it was like you know he would do something like that kind of like a little bit crazy and a little bit almost like psycho and they'd be like man he was just the ultimate winner like what a you know just that he worked right. hard like it was just funny it was spot on it was good stuff all right we're uh, we're gonna finish the show strong we're gonna have a little lion talk here coming up next. But take a listen to this. We'll be right back. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth. Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. All right, fellas, the Lions schedule is out. Dan Campbell had another good quote this week. Uh, Do we want to make an early thought on uh, the schedule, number one, and what we think the Lions are going to do this year? I know I 
got a feeling, Jared, you're going to say they're going to be pathetic, but you can have the mic first. I mean, they are going to be well, pathetic. Well, real quick, I was going to say um, we, we did a post when the schedule was released. We posted on our Facebook page, you know, basically said the same thing what you just teed up, Ted, mm-hmm. you know, asking our, our followers on Facebook, what do they think? And it seems like overwhelmingly there was a couple that said like six or seven, eight, nine wins. But most people were saying like two, three, four wins. So, right, right. Like, you know, from the feedback we got on Facebook, people are maybe on the same page as Jared. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the way I – that's the way – I mean, just think of the first three games we got. Um, very first game, 49ers. Uh, second game, a primetime trip to Green Bay on Monday Night Football, which every time we play Aaron Rodgers in primetime, it seems like we somehow get embarrassed. Well, if he's still there, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's uh, a and loss. And then the Ravens. So just any NFL team, you start off 0-3, which I'm, I'd bet 50 bucks we're going to. Maybe somehow, some way we can win one of those games. The one thing I do like about this schedule, there's actually three different things I like about this schedule. One, our Monday Night Football primetime game is week number two. Where we're still gonna have some, you know, hope. Where going into that game, like you know, we're gonna everyone's eyes are gonna be on it. If we somehow, some way, win that game, we're gonna be the all all the rage on ESPN the next day. So I like that. Uh, the other game I love, I mean, Thanksgiving Day, Bears, classic matchup, just Lions versus Bears. Give it to me every year if I could have it. And we got Justin Fields as the quarterback. It's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, the number three, Week Seven, yes, uh, versus the Rams. I mean. At perfect LA. that we got that game. You know, just sometimes the schedule aligns perfectly where we just happen to play the Rams the year they get Matt Stafford. So I'm just amped for those three games in particular. Yeah, those are those have to be the three biggest noteworthy games. I, I love it too. The the Bears game on Thanksgiving. I think it should always be either the Packers. I mean, yeah, maybe the Vikings, but either the Packers or the Bears yeah. on Thanksgiving. Just a classic division rival that just make even when both teams stink. You know. It's still cool to see those two mm-hmm. teams playing on, on Thanksgiving. But the one thing about the, the Monday night football game in week two, at least not that the Lions are probably not going to be contending for the playoffs this year, but at least that game in Lambeau is in September and not December. Yeah. So that's like, you know, when you're trying to think about the actual schedule and if the Lions were actually going to be fighting for a playoff spot, well, at least they get that game in Green Bay out of the way in September and they're not going there, you know, late December or something like that. But the one thing, too, is the Lions, I forget the exact numbers. It was top 10, I think maybe number eight, like the eighth hardest schedule in the NFL. And, you know, there's all that whole thing where, like, usually they balance the schedule out where, like, if you were terrible the previous year, you kind of get one of the easier schedules the next year. And they clearly didn't do that for the Lions. But Dan Campbell, the new coach, I mean, you knew he would say it. And he basically said, like, whatever, we got to man up. You know, it's basically what he said. We got to win these games. So, We'll see what they do. I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm, I'm curious to see what Jared Goff does because a lot of people are either saying ship him out right now, draft a quarterback. That was you, Jared. Yep. And other people are kind of leaning like, hey, let's see what this dude does. Maybe he ends up being a solid quarterback. So I guess we'll see. That's where I'm leaning. Let's see what he can do. Um, you got to throw this out. Uh, Penny Sewell. Yeah, um, COVID. <laughs> COVID got him. I mean, just the cl- yeah. just nothing else you could say other than that's, just a classic start to a Lions career. S O L. This is rookie's r- rookie camp uh, with COVID. Just perfect start. And not only that, did you see that they normally uh, they go to training camp with another NFL team and Campbell. Apparently, he took the bullet for it and said he, he screwed up and didn't make any arrangements and it was too late. So they just practice on their own. Yeah, I like. The, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what are what are we doing here? <laughs> are, are, Top draft picks getting COVID, and Campbell can't even like properly run an NFL team. I know. Talking about he wants he wants a live lion at practice now. 
I mean, come on, man. Here's the thing. They're just, yeah. I, I feel like they're I, they're begging for hard knocks. I know they can't have it in the first year of a new head coach. But oh, yeah. They're, they're begging for hard knocks. Yeah, I mean, that was, he's the biggest story this year, really. Yep. I mean, it's either going to be a dumpster fire right from the start or there's going to be something there with Campbell. And I'm glad that the Lions took a swing. We've talked about it before. His staff is awesome. So that's the one thing that with every one of these kind of wacky stories that you hear, you know, biting off the kneecaps, the live lion in the locker room, you always have to come back like, hey, we're going to root for this guy. Well, number one, he seems like a great guy. Like, we'll root for him uh, till to the end of the earth. And number two, he's got a great staff. So maybe that can kind of corral some of the craziness and put it into, you know, maybe more motivating ways instead of dumb ways, like putting a lion in the locker room. Hopefully they, <laughs> I mean, hopefully they can move forward with the right steps for sure. But you're right, Campbell's the story. Uh, I just saw a quote from him. He was, he was kind of praising – uh, the staff before, as far as some of the players, yeah. and he said, "No turd players on this team." And I love that that line. No turd players. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that is one thing. I, I know I've bagged on him a little bit, and we'll see how he is as a head coach with the Lions. But he does seem like a great guy, and like everyone who has ever either played with him or worked with him as a coach, just raves about him. So that is one thing. I feel like he's always going to win the press conference. He's always going to win people over, you know, for all those things. And that is a breath of fresh air yeah. after having Matt Patricia for the last few years. Well, you so got that, that, that right. You got that right. Well, if Shane, Shane Pay- or Sean Payton you know, yeah. thought he was good enough to be assistant head coach, that's good enough for me. That's a pretty good endorsement. And, I mean, if all, and if all these former head coaches and well-respected assistants are all signing on to be on his staff, I mean, it's they must know something that we don't know. And it's funny because it's like all we ever wanted from a coach was somebody that's like relatable and funny and cool. And then the second we get one, it's like everyone just makes fun of him for everything he's saying. It's kind of just like, which, you can't what win. do we want? You can't win. Yeah, right. You can't. Right. Well, you gotta, he's got to win some football games. Yep. He wins some football games and yep. everyone's going to love him. Nah, that's very true. All right, so here we are. What is today? May 17th. We're recording on Monday night. Our first thought on the Lions schedule. I don't even know what the over-under is. Win total, Jared. I'll you pull go it up first. In a second, um, I, honestly, I'm gonna say four wins, but I wouldn't hate. Like, I, we should be tanking this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's like if you're if you're not contending for a Super Bowl, what are you doing? And what are we even trying to build here? It's unfortunate that Dan Campbell. I I wish he would have came in when we hired Patricia because that was a team that with the right coach and with the right system, like they, we could have done something with it. Uh, this is just a dumpster fire of a roster. I'd say it. So it's. Four yeah. wins at most. Yeah. Six wins at most. Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about it before. I mean, even thinking about here in May, mid-May, tanking the NFL schedule, that just seems ludicrous. But I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, if you can change the mentality in the franchise, even if you are middle of the pack, even if you can put together a very competitive season. Let's just say if he was knocking on seven or eight wins, that'd be a huge turnaround. But I'm going to go on record as saying this is a five win team yeah i was sitting at six or seven and the big thing with six or seven was i I think the aaron Rodgers thing is big if if he's not at green bay and we don't justin Fields looks like he's going to be a stud they're not even technically saying he's the starter yet but i'm sure he will be and the vikings are you know kind of whatever the division they they could actually like if they kind of put it together and jared goff can play well they could maybe win some games in the in the division, but the rest of their schedule it's brutal, super tough. So yeah. you know it's pretty brutal. So you know I, I'm sitting at like six wins. I think six, um, and maybe they pull an upset or two and get up to like seven wins. But uh, 
it doesn't seem like they're going to be much higher than that. Yeah, I mean, the over-under is set at five and a half. I'd lean under oh. hard, but um, I don't know. Last year was six and a half, so right. that just shows where and that team was nowhere even near really even hitting that, so I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but let's hope they make steps in the right direction. That's all we can say. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Give them a follow on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Their top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Unique service to represent unique lives. In Mid Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started all the way back in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, fellas, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this podcast up? Anything uh, in your Just world, one, Jared? Just one last thing I'll throw out, uh, Akil Badu watch. Um, <laughs> he was batting 195 on May 9th. Uh, up until now, May 16th, he has bumped it up to 221. So he's starting to heat a little bit back up. I mean, clearly 221 is nothing to you know go wild about, but just something to keep your eye on. Let's just just keep rooting for him. Badu watch. I'll update you every week. Two twenty one batting average and, right now. And uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera has started to raise his batting average back up too. And the Tigers, what? They're they have five game win streak, right? Yeah, they're so, playing pretty good. And they're playing playing a little better ball. Playing mm-hmm. a little better. Uh, the biggest thing to me, like some of these prospects, I, I want to see a prospect come up and just like blow like yeah. blow out of the water. Like just be like. This dude is going to be an absolute stud. That's what I want to see. Let's bring yeah. the kids up. To be honest, I mean, yep. our as a Tigers fan, I feel like our number one, number two, number three concern should be the development of Casey Mize. Yeah. We need him to become an ace. And, you know, he's been – he's pitched pretty well the last few games, like six innings in each of his last three starts. So, that's a little bit of something to, like, hang your hat on that, hey, he's maybe starting to get it. So Yeah, and I read something this last week where Hinch came out to talk to him and, uh, and Mize says – I'm going to get the guy, you know, the yeah. next batter, and he did. And that's what you want to have from a young kid like that on the hill. One final question I got that I've been meaning to bring up in baseball, we know all the issues they have, you know, the slow play and everything else. What do you guys think about seven-inning doubleheaders when they schedule a, a, a split doubleheader and play seven innings? Do you have any thoughts on that at all? Sounds like the perfect day at the ballpark to me. <laughs> that sounds perfect. If I guess I would go along with that, Jared, if it was a one you would you're just your ticket gets you in for both games. You got to yeah. pay two separate times for a seven inning ball game, and it just screws up stats. Baseball's a nine inning game, so I don't like it. I just don't like it. Yeah, for a fan, it sounds great, right? Because sometimes that nine inning game, even though you're having a good time at the ballpark, having some beer and some pretzels and stuff, nine innings sometimes drags on a little bit. So seven innings sounds perfect. But yeah, the stats part. Baseball is every sport is about stats, but baseball even more is about the numbers. And one of the biggest things was uh, Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter earlier in the year, but it was in a seven-inning game, and they're, they're not going to give him, like, the official record for having a no-hitter. And it's like, well, how does this even make sense? <laughs> no-hitter, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it's just dumb. I, and I get what you're saying. The games do drag. And, hey, if you go to a game and you want to leave in the seventh inning, nobody's telling you you have to stay. 
I, I'm saying that sounds like a perfect day, day to me. 14 innings, two different games. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, is there going to be some price? weird, you play be full some price? weird stats? Oh, the full price, what, $20 a ticket nowadays? Well, I don't know. you got to pay twice, though. <laughs> Says the guy that's handing out, what, $10 bills to the <laughs> usher or whatever the heck you do. Um, Grease the palm, yeah. baby. Grease the palm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't – yeah, is there gonna a little bit of weirdness to it with, the like you said, the no-hitter, like not counting in this or that? Yes, but – at the end of the day, they play 162 damn games. Like, if, if a couple of them are seven innings, I have no problem with it. Because that's a long-ass day for these players. Think about two nine-inning games. Oh, oh, they got it so rough in Major <laughs> League Baseball. It's a tough life, that's for sure. Come on. I, mean, I, I think I think it's a tougher life than maybe you're, you're leading on to be. That's a grind. 162 yeah. games traveling around your whole would time. It, would any of us trade what we do for a living to be a Major League this. Baseball player? They are standing for... Out in that field. I can't believe hours. you guys are arguing that. It's I mean, like, come on. I'm not saying it's gravy gravy, I, I but mean, it's a lot better than what we do for a living. I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I love what I do for a living. I'm not saying that I wouldn't trade it to be a major league ball player. I definitely would. I just, I'm talking about like the mental aspect, being away from your family all the time. Yeah, I hear you. I guess. I mean, but you, you take a minimum salary in the in Major League Baseball. I don't even know what that is nowadays. What has it got to be? Five hundred thousand dollars or something. Here's my thing. Yeah. It's not like they're doing this for playoff games. Who? It, it's a drop in the water of a hundred sixty-two game season. Just roll with it. All it's, right. It's they can get two games in a lot faster. I love the doubleheaders. I like the seven inning games. It's something different. All right, fair enough. I I just you know calling it a doubleheader. It's just two games in one day. It's not really a doubleheader. <laughs> oh my! Oh, doubleheaders in my doubleheaders in my day. You went to the ballpark. You put your ticket in. You saw two games. You sat there. They had a little intermission between it, and they played game two. Now they have a day game, and then they come back. You know, seven o'clock at night. That's not not really a doubleheader. It's just two games in one day. You're talking. You're, you're wanting to go to the drive-in and get the double feature at the drive-in. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, that's my soapbox here. So I'm just a, I'm more of a traditionalist than you guys, but uh, I don't like the seven inning game. Come on, I could live with the uh, putting the guy on second base in extra innings, but I wouldn't do it in the tenth inning. I'd say, okay, wait till the uh, twelfth inning. You yeah. know, but I agree with that. I, I do think the runner on second is a little bit of a weird rule, yeah. but it, it has made for some pretty uh, exciting moments for the Tigers this year. Two walk offs due to that rule. Yeah, and again, so it's like I. I, I it's it just made it more runs, more excitement. I'm for it. I'm not so old fashioned that I'd be against rules like that. I just don't like the seven inning game. Baseball is a nine inning game. That's it. All right, that's a wrap, everybody. You've heard from us. Follow us at Three Point Pod on social media. Let our partners know you listen. It's really important. You know, we we love our sponsors, and they include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools. Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. And also, please consider a donation to the ALS Association. No cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with that terrible, terrible affliction. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. Until next time. Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, 
or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.